Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, brave warriors, noble adventurers, and devious dungeon masters. This is the Knights and Nerds podcast. I am Tim, your dungeon master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Today we are into episode 24, but before we get started, I want to mention once again the giveaway that we're doing for a free copy of The Ghosts of Salt Marsh, the next adventure coming out for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. You're probably sick to death of hearing me talk about it, but please bear with me. If you want to be entered in the giveaway, all you have to do is follow us on one of our various social media things, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where we are at Knights and Nerds on Twitter and Instagram, and we are Knights and Nerds Podcast on Facebook. So follow us there and leave a comment with your favorite moment from our podcast so far, or a moment that maybe you just really like. Doesn't have to be your favorite. And also tag three of your friends, and that's it. And we'll do the giveaway in about a month, maybe a little bit less than a month. Also, I've tried a new editing technique this week, so you may notice that the episode sounds a bit different. Hopefully it sounds better. If you think it sounds better, awesome. If you think it sounds worse, just tell me you think it sounds better anyways, you know? Little white lie, make me feel better. Also, I realized last week that I had mentioned other podcasts that we are sort of working with, collaborating with, supporting, being supported by a podcast network called Little Grey Boy, which is named after a cat, because why not? And then I completely forgot to put in a little ad spot for one of those other podcasts. So we'll have a couple short ad spots in, in this episode, one in a moment here and one at the very end. And before we get into today's episode, I do want to say that in the DM group, the Dungeon Master only group on Facebook, I've posed the question, what are, as a Dungeon Master, what are your challenges and hurdles when you're trying to create your own campaign from scratch? I'm interested in doing like a series of episodes dealing with creating your own campaign from, from nothing. Because I think it can be challenging, and I still find it challenging. Staring at a blank page, it's quite intimidating. So if you are interested in contributing to that, let me know what you think. If you're starting your own campaign or an, even not a full campaign, just an adventure, and you are running into certain roadblocks, then let me know, because I'd really like to include as much in these episodes as I can. Okay, so in about 30-some-odd seconds, we're going to rejoin our heroes. Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Vena, Spruce Lee, and Geladov Fabblestabble. Hi, everybody. This is not the podcast you thought you'd be listening to right now. It's a plug for a different one, but we'll, we'll let you get to your show really soon. I promise. My name is Nick. This is my faithful co-host, Mike. Hey, he isn't allowed in the state of Utah for reasons that I can't even fully disclose. No, you can't. I just don't understand them. It's honestly. illegal. So anyway, on our show, we check out old and obscure retro movies and we talk about them. Now, I know you're wondering, well, who are you to consider something obscure? You know what? What's obscure? Well, Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's an excuse for us to watch just the weirdest stuff we can get our hands on, as well as a couple of old classics, and then banter about it. So if that's your cup of tea and you want to check it out, give us a listen. Of course. And uh, here's, here's your show. And bye. Love you. Okay. Uh, last time, what happened? You killed some Dragonborn. You saved some members of the Arcane Academy. And with them is uh, an old man whose name is Teller. And he's a bit of a clairvoyant. 
Uh, he seems a bit um, uh, scatterbrained, if I can use that term. And he proclaimed loudly that that you were on your way to Boldbrook, which you are because it's a bit of a jumping off point uh, where you might find some information on where to go to get dragon bones because it's kind of central uh, to some locations nearby that might have them. Um, and you were resting one night, so everybody should have a long rest, regain hit points and spell slots and whatnots. And he gave a cryptic message to Faye, indicating that, stating that Elwyn would ask you to kill him, which was interesting because to that point, nobody had mentioned Elwyn's name. But they have asked if they can travel with you, or I think you offered. And they're sort of looking for a secure place to hide out. They wanted to get Teller out of Ferris Point because if Egrand or Arizax, the wrong person had access to somebody who could prognosticate. Is that the right word? See the future? I don't know if prognosticate's the right word. I feel like no. Probably not. Just see the future. Premonitiate. <laughs> yep, that, that sounds right. Uh, that it would be bad for everyone else. So we are beginning sort of the morning of the fourth day of your journey. Go. Yes. So you're going to tell me that he says that to me and I just like go turn back over and go to back to meditating? Like just ignore it? Oh, great. Yeah, I guess we can <laughs> smash cut. <laughs> you're going to have to kill Owen. Woo! Next okay. day. <laughs> What do you know, old man? <laughs> I just uh, pat him on the head and go over, like, shh, go back to sleep. Okay, we can we can start at just, that point. I feel like I should have to have a reaction to that, right? Because like an attack of opportunity. <laughs> I guess I don't know. So he says he said Elwin is going to ask you to kill him. If he's putting stuff in my shades, I have no problem doing that. So I'm going to look at him like, what? Why? Can you roll a d20? Can I? What this game's all about. <laughs> that is a two. No, that was just a uh, straight roll for chance. No, it seems like he doesn't acknowledge you asking him that follow-up question. I think that I would try and tell Spruce or someone else who was awake that he had said that because I would be pretty dumbfounded at that fact. I would reach over and be like, this guy just told me that Owen's going to ask us to kill him. Are you sure? No. <laughs> yeah, you're sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just looked at me, he said that, I asked him a question, and he just, like, jabbered off into space. No, like, I wasn't even there. That's odd. Yeah. I'm not even noticing that I'm not there, that I'm there. I mean, I'm pretty awesome. That's not what I meant. Oh, but okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything to say to that. I don't know. That doesn't seem like something he would do, but... Oh, I forgot to mention something else that was brought up was the fact that Arizax was spending a lot of time in the Arcane Academy interrogating wizards and the various students because the, it seems like he may not know what happened to Kalira. Which completely blows us out of the water since we all thought he was the one that made Kalira disappear. So I guess now we go to sleep because there's not much we can do. Next day. So I think the first thing would be to gather everyone in our group, not the three outsiders, and just let them know what was said to Faye by Teller last night. Anyone have any input on that before we... 
No, it just seems mm, weird. Elwin's not always the most stable seeming person, <laughs> so I mean, it doesn't surprise me too much. But put a pin in that. Keep it in the back of our minds, kind of. Prophecies are a tricky thing, right? Once mm-hmm. you hear it, yeah, how much does that influence what we do? But it also could be Elwin accidentally said to kill him. He could have been, "Can you cook for me?" No, I mean, you know, it's like a no? broken telephone. No? You may have only seen a slice, didn't get the whole picture. I mean, with that, I, yeah, I don't want to take anything too specific out of it, but if anything, it's almost more worrying that like his premonitions are about us. And that in general is probably uh, something we'll have to keep listening for. So then I think the next important thing um, is that we've gotten this kind of tidbit that it seems like um, Arizax doesn't know what happened with Kalira. Obviously, this is important for us, right? Because, like you said, we were under the impression that Arzax did this to Kalira. So if he doesn't actually know what happened... We should probably go to the Mind Council. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. The Tattoo Tribe, or whatever they're called. <laughs> well, you guys haven't come up with a team name yet. No, we have not. I tried. But yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea to yeah convene with them. Maybe leave out the part about Elwyn asking Faye to kill him. But explain who we've met and that Arizax seems to not know what happened with Kalira. Yeah, especially because Elwin seems to think this is going to get us to where he thinks Kalira is. Mm -hmm. So do we know, we know that he's trying to communicate with her, but we don't 100% know that he doesn't know where she is. We're assuming that's probably the case, right? Arizax or Elwin? Arizax. Or do we 100% know that he doesn't know where she is? Well, he's been... According to them, he's been just asking, kind of trying to get information about her, asking about her. Maybe he did know where she was and somehow she's escaped from where she was. And they think that maybe the Arcane Academy has somehow freed her and that's why he's going there. That's totally not a fate thought. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what? This is a Candace thought, not a fate thought. (laughs) Well, yeah, so let's convene the, the council. I should have like a musical cue for when the council gets convened. It's a good thing you didn't have it for that episode that Spruce popped in and out of there like 20 times. <laughs> Just like the Skype music. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. I can't even imitate it. But... <laughs> Do not put that in. No. That sounded, yeah, like, the, the clip you sounded like the Oompa Loompa song. <laughs> no, that's your sound right there. I think you should cut that one. No. No. <laughs> Throw some reverb on that. Yeah. That would be amazing. No, it would not. You know, the more you protest, seconded. I like that. Okay, so going to the mind council. Okay, so there's the four of you, Elwyn. Martin, Elisha, and Nestor. I'm assuming that you're summoning all of them. Yeah. Full-blown council meeting. Mm-hmm. Elwin says, I bring this meeting to order. Wait, who called this? It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll tell Elwin and the rest of them that we came across these people. We helped them out from the Dragonborn. Uh, figured out who this teller is, kind of. And that... Part of the information that we've gotten is that Arizak seems to be asking around the academy and seems to not really 
it seems to be that he's not sure what happened to Kalira or where she is at this present moment. Everyone is greatly taken aback by this potential revelation. Elwin says, well, if it wasn't Arizax, then we were all right there, right? We all we were all in the presence of Kalira when it happened. Who who else could it have been? Was there anyone else in the throne room that we forgot about? Like an assistant or her friend? I mean, <laughs> there was the assistant, but <laughs> I think he's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out if anyone else that we knew was in there besides his entourage. Could it have been Kalira herself? Is that a possibility? And she would rather die fighting than abandon us. So I think I'd also bring back up that some people, including ourselves, have said that they might be seeing dragon-like creatures too, which would be on the other side of whatever barrier he's put up. So could there be something wrong with that barrier? <laughs> like, is there a hole or a gap? Or is there a way that they could be doing something similar on their side and coming through? He says, I think it's more more likely some kind of hoax, some kind of deception put on by Arizax, some kind of cruel joke. He's making these images of dragons appear because no one has reported ever like being attacked by anything. Sure, there have been sightings, but no one has reported actually seeing one of these things swoop down and, and breathe fire. I think it's likely some kind of ruse that they're just making the people of Pharaoh's Point more and more afraid, trying to terrify them into submission. So he doesn't think there's the slightest chance that these dragons are real and just not coming down. Or that there's some sort of, I keep, Faye keeps saying, or I keep saying that uh, it could be some sort of veil in between, like we're seeing two different worlds and there's a thinness that we're seeing these dragons through. So they can't really interact with our world, but we're starting to see them coming through or trying to break through. Elwin very much doubts that that would be what's what's happening. He's he's sticking with this possibility that it's a an illusion meant to inspire fear. Are dragons innately magical? Yes. Are they intelligent? Yes. Is it possible that this happened um, on that end? Like that she was essentially summoned in, like across the barrier? Is that a remote possibility? It would have been incredible timing for it to happen right at that moment, obviously, but... Some powerful dragons do have magical abilities. I think highly unlikely. I think that Arizax is still the one responsible. It's the most obvious conclusion. But then why is why doesn't he know where she is now? Or why is he asking about her? Don't ask me. It seems <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I will admit that is troubling. Would Elwin have any way to detect if these are just like illusions being cast rather than real dragons? Perhaps with Nestor's help I can I can come up with something that might be able to figure out what it is that we're seeing. I can try to work on that, yes. In the meantime, is there a way that anyone in our group here can get in touch with Amelia Nightshade to maybe get some more information about or what's going on at the academy? Or is she being like held prisoner? It's very likely that she's a prisoner unless she's escaped somehow, but you have... You told, wait, just hang on to break this conversation. Mm. You told Elwyn that you're, yeah, that you have like these yeah. acolytes right. with you. Yes. 
they would likely know of a spell to communicate with her. Hmm. So maybe that would be a better avenue, try and get a little bit more information about what kind of things he's actually asking. Maybe give us some more insight into what's going on. Maybe it was, like you said, Faye, about maybe he did do something with Kalira, but then has subsequently lost her somehow or something. Mm-hmm. And then I would just want to ask one question. So if we don't know where Kalira is, is everything that we're doing something we should continue doing? Yes, absolutely. Because the device will be able to locate her no matter where she is. I don't know exactly where she's gone to, so I've planned for this type of complication. What do we do from here? We need to find some sort of protection for the arcane people we're with. Yeah, so I guess we just continue on to Boldbrook and go from there. I guess Bruce will ask the tiefling. She seemed more kind of in charge uh, in the whole previous scenario. So, yeah, I'll ask her if she has a way to be able to communicate with Amelia. Osa knows the spell sending, which is a message of 25 words or less. And then the person being sent to can respond. But she asks, like, she's... Osa says that she has communicated with Amelia a few times over the past several weeks, being careful not to communicate too much, because it might, in case Arizax detects that somehow. So there might be some things that Osa knows that wouldn't involve you or her casting the spell. So then I guess I'll just ask her, I guess that we need to know what kind of things specifically Arizax is asking about. Um, Is there anything that Amelia has said that would give insight into that or maybe what he's actually specifically looking for or maybe just in general what kinds of things has she been telling you and i guess that's <laughs> not necessarily just going to trust me with that information but i think given your intervention against the dragonborn on their behalf she's not too suspicious of the four of you and she relays that Arizax has been asking about a few different things one is the Basically, the location of Elwyn and Shigar, questions about the resistance, and questions about interplanar travel and people's experiences with Kalira, trying to figure out if anybody has had interactions with her. And Osa says, yes, Amelia has been feigning cooperation in an effort to save people's lives and to save from suffering while at the same time working against the dragonborn in a, in a clandestine manner. It only affects things so much, like however she was sent to the other plane, she's still there. We still need to you know, finish the device and find out where she is and bring her back. So as much as this is yet another little mystery, not much to do, but keep moving on. Just like that box and the reason the dog likes Bruce better than it likes me. Weird mysteries. All right, well, I mean, I guess we just keep going. There's not, not much else we can do at this yeah. point. Maybe I'll tell, I'll tell, or ask Gilly to jot that information on the uh, the scroll. Just send that to Martin so that they know. I don't want to call another meeting. <laughs> yeah. So. Just put it on an update. Mm-hmm. Send out a memo. Yeah. It's the morning of the fourth day. Still. Still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times I've said that already. <laughs> We've done a lot. Yeah. It's not even breakfast. 
It's a mild day and the morning passes without event. As does the evening. Yeah, you guys, you pass very few people on the road. And day five. So it's a very, very uneventful day. <laughs> I did this whole episode on like trying to make travel interesting, but some days like just nothing happens, right? Just a yep. mild day. Mm-hmm. Just a nice day. You to talk with your talk with your new wizard friends. Is there anything that you guys talk about? Yeah, a little chit-chat about magical spells that aren't overly complicated that Gilly might be able to understand. Ooh. Are there any types of spells that Gilly has a particular interest in? Um, I don't actually know. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I have pretty limited spell options. Illusions? <laughs> That's what I do. I show them all my mage hand tricks. With a yo-yo? <laughs> What's a yo-yo? Some sort of elvish invention? <laughs> Can you do a performance check with for your mage hand tricks? I just want to see how much you wow them. Oh, yeah. Two of four. They're super impressed. <laughs> Faye's just been working on coming up with other words for asshole. Wait, what? <laughs> well, she, while we're driving, that's what she's working on. Coming up with other words instead of saying that in a song. Like words that rhyme? I don't just other words instead of saying butthole, but she could use something else because, you know, doesn't butthole doesn't rhyme as well with some of the phrasing in her songs. Oh, right. I forgot about all the stabbing. <laughs> so this is to do with those dogs that we stabbed at the butthole? No. It's when you uh, got Finn in a butt chug a healing potion. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was hoping we'd forgotten that. Nope. It's being immortalized in a song. First city we get to, I'm singing you could it. Def, you could try rhyming sphincter with tincture. <laughs> Ooh. That's pretty good. Come on. Osa spends most of the day writing down something on a piece of parchment very carefully and with great difficulty because of how rough the road is becoming. Uh, the fifth day is another uneventful day. You pass very few other people. Uh, the farmland grows more and more inconsistent. It's now becoming more, a little bit more of a, of a wildlands, more of a wilderness. And at the f- end of the fifth day, um, Osa gives Giladab a, a scroll of mirror image. Mm. You sense maybe out of pity more than out of admiration. <laughs> <laughs> good try. <laughs> Instead of good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also... Not just pity, but as thanks for, I guess, the group's protection and help. The sixth day is heavy, heavy rain, and you're traveling much more slowly. So this counts as a delay, and I've been rolling all the d6s here. Um, Katie, can you roll me a d6? Two. Okay. And then one more time? One. Okay. Sixth day, again, quite quiet. Uh, can somebody roll like a d20 to see if you're finding any sort of homestead? Four. <laughs> you don't, so you're under the stars again tonight. In that little tent thing they have for us, right? Yeah. The tiny hut. The magical tiny hut. As you're sort of coming to a stop in your carriage and just sort of feeding and watering your horses before the tiny hut is set up, you, the group is hailed by somebody walking through the woods. 
and you look and see, sort of in the fading light of the day, a, a young human man sort of walking through the like the, the deep brush of the forest. He looks very out of place. He's got a guitar strapped to his back, and he says, Oh, 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 my salvation! I've been wandering these woods for, oh, it seems like an eternity. But it's probably just been a few days. But I am, I'm desperately looking for some shelter and some safety. C can I please, brave travelers, spend the evening camped at your side? We've already got a bard. Hell no! <laughs> there can only be one! <laughs> I just like walk up with my loot, start trying to have a loot off. <laughs> Give me a performance roll. Yes! <laughs> 23? Hmm. He plays a nine. <laughs> <laughs> He he basically doing <laughs> He tries to keep up with you but stops like a few seconds in and he sort of kneels down and offers up his his instrument as if it's like a sword that he's offering to a lord. He says, Oh, I am unworthy in the presence of such greatness. And might I say you are the most intriguing creature I've ever seen. He can stay. We need more of this. <laughs> You can keep your little uh, guitar, and I pat him on the head and walk away. Does she speak the truth? Does she speak for everyone? May I, may I stay? Spruce is going to look down at the dog and see what the dog's reaction is to this person. Hmm. I guess he has to roll animal handling then. <laughs> Are you trying? I'm just looking at the reaction. I just want to see what he, what what the dog thinks. <laughs> Dogs have pretty good intuition about people. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as the music started, the dog kind of just hopped into the back of the wagon. <laughs> just indifference. The dog would probably say, I'm um, happy with sharing our fire, but our traveling companions need privacy, and uh, I wouldn't ask them to share their accommodations. You can sit by the fire and maybe, uh, if we were being really generous, could stay in the back of the carriage. But I just said I would protest about them being involved with any of the arcane or being around the um, teller, being around teller. Smart thinking on your part. Mm -hmm. Faye doesn't think of that. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you can distract them by the fire and sit there, just kind of keep tellering them out of it. I want to, I'm going to ask him his name. I don't even care. <laughs> can you play? No. All right. Yeah. I'm going to make a pretty heavy perception check on him too. Yeah. That's well, Spruce is going to ask, just ask his name and, why he's out here, why he's been wandering through the woods for days. He says, my name, good friend, is Redlam Feynman. At your service, humbly. Feynman? Is that like fake man? Like uh, Pretend liar? Like Fane yeah, when you pretend something? NPC name. <laughs> Never mind. What is the, what's the name? Redlam Feynman. Oh, I fear this is why I've had so much trouble making it as a bard. It's my name is not one of greatness, it's one of confusion. I don't know, if you take the first symbol of his first name, first syllable of the first name, last syllable of the last name, it's Redman. Dude's a rapper. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> but as we all know, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, so this guy has to stay out. <laughs> Flawless logic. Yeah. <laughs> So what, what are you doing out here? He doesn't I have, know. <laughs> I have it written. 
I left Pharaoh's Point because it's becoming too dangerous for a delicate bard such as myself. I was wanting to find a more peaceful locale to practice and perfect my art of music, but I was set upon by bandits. They took my horse and most of my wealth. They thankfully left me with my guitar. I offered to play the music and they asked me to stop. I would much rather live a humble life being well-known in a small town than remaining in the dangerous environment of Pharaoh's Point. Uh, I'm going to roll an insight check just on 23. You don't believe him. Ooh. Yeah, I'd like to make a perception check, like casing him out, like if I was just about to pickpocket someone. <laughs> like as if he has like weapons or Basically something? doing an inventory of everything I can see on his person. 20. He he actually does look like he's been out here for a few days. Like he looks like he's like his clothes are filthy. He's been trudging around, it it seems. He has a few weapons on him, but nothing like 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 a dagger he has. So some pretty what would appear to be modest weapons that somebody traveling would use to protect themselves. As you're looking at him, like he's got you know, the normal traveling gear, some some food, some what m- might be a, a satchel of coins. Uh, as you're each scrutinizing him, he produces a, a small ring and he says, I I humbly proffer this ring as a form of, of payment for, for being in your presence for this evening, your safekeeping, if I may say. It's hmm. just sort of hands, like is, is holding it out to anyone? Before anyone grabs it, I'm going to say, don't touch it. I'm going to put my hand on my glaive. My glaive be gone. Just maybe still in, not Mm. like extended yet. Mm. If I I saw your concern, then that would at least make me take a second thought. I yell not to touch the ring, and I'm going to just put my hand on my glaive without having it extended yet. But I'm just going to look right at him, and I'm going to say, you're hiding something. What? No, it's a... Why not take the ring? It's it's a simple treasure. It's not worth much, but it's it's one of the few things that I have, and I, I think it's well worth a night of the protection of of some will look to be capable individuals. I'm going to extend my glaive now ah! <laughs> and point it at him and say, <laughs> "I'm a girl. We're not a shower." <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> Where did that glaive come from? <laughs> Yeah, I extend the glaive and I'm just going to say, why are you, why are you actually here? Or no, let me rephrase. I'm not going to ask him. I'm going to say, tell me why you're, or tell us why you're actually here. I'll draw out my short sword in solidarity. He takes a step back and he's like, oh, have I offended you? Oh, well, okay. I, I haven't been entirely honest. Um, allow me to be a little bit more forthcoming. And he just whips the ring at you and he runs the other way. He whips the ring at us? Yeah. And he starts running? Mm. You know what happens when people run from Gilladab? Someone's got to stop him. I cast sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back a classic. <laughs> you casting that at first level? Uh, that's all I can cast it at. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I don't have more spell slots. 23. The 23 is not quite enough to put him to sleep. Mm-hmm. 
so because he didn't fall asleep, I'm going to use mantle of majesty um, and try and command him to halt. Okay, uh, natural one. So apparently, I can. This is my next question. When I'm not in battle and I want to use command with my mental majesty, it only lasts for one minute, technically in real lifetime. But during a round, I get a couple of like during battle, it'd be every six seconds, right? For that, I guess why I get to cast command several times within that minute. Mm-hmm. Can I shout another command still? Sure. Yeah, I'll allow it. So can I say like truth? You're the DM, so that's like one of those ones where I can use one word action, and then if it's not one of the ones listed, you decide how it. So basically, for every, oops, basically for every time you give a command, he's gonna have to roll a saving throw because. Yeah. Okay. So truth is the next one. Another natural one. Oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and the question was, what's the spring? He says, "Oh, enchanting one, please do forgive me for my deception. I am but a, a humble." Oh, geez. What's the use? The ring is magical. It's meant to track you. I was hired to find you. I've been searching these roads for the four of you for days. Living out here in this gloomy, forsaken wilderness. Getting bitten by ants. Who hired you? He's already telling the truth, isn't he? Are you... like? Yeah, I'll do it again. Oh my god! Another one? That's a third natural one. Oh my god, three in a row. I think I might have to retire that, that die. <laughs> I I didn't know the name of the person, you must believe me. They uh, they knew who the four of you were, and they seems like they are wanting to track you down, and not for the, not because they're fond of you. What did it look like, though? You just said, I don't know who they are, and that's he didn't give us more information than that. I'll roll again. Okay. Um, he saves that time, so he's going to keep running. Are you going to drop another halt on him? Can I, though? Like, do I have to count Mental Majesty again? Because I'm Well, like- just because just he saved doesn't mean your mantle ends. It only lasts for one minute, though. You're going to tell me that all that talking is like 30 seconds or less? I'll, I'll, I'll let you go another one. And if the talking lasts for a long time, then we'll call it over. Okay, I'll go halt again. Okay, he fails again. This guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Depends you ask. Awesome. What, can right. I get a break up. away? Let's let's go back to what everyone else is doing. You guys just watching this this comedy of errors? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I don't think Gilladob's like too concerned with him running away, and um, I'd probably pick up the ring with Mage Hand and like place it into a pouch or like handle it with a cloth. I think I'm gonna ready my bow. You're going to put the ring that's going to be used to track us on your person? Well, I'm going to, like, pick it up and then I'll eventually do something with it. Tie it to a bird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Tie it to a mouse. Thinking the next time a cart passes us on the road, I'm just going to steal it into their possessions and not say anything. we got to send it on a little trip. Is doing reverse pickpocket called a put pocket? <laughs> Maybe. It is or now. pack pocket. Because you're packing something in there. <laughs> <laughs> so if he's halted, I'm just gonna I'm gonna walk up and you know, tie him up or something. Take a piece of rope. I want to contain him here for now. And I want to use intimidation to get more information from him. And I want to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna go ask the arcane people about this ring. Good idea. Just to double check. 
So what's first? <laughs> and make sure they're safe. <clears throat> tie him up first. So that the spell doesn't, once the spell wears out, he's, he can't go anywhere. You did, yeah, you did you tie, tie him up. up. Yeah. You said what's first. I said tie him up first. The, uh, I was going to say, because he has found us, we don't want him going back and telling anyone because he knows exactly who we are, not just some travelers, right? Yeah. Despite these amazing disguises that I've given us. But are we still in disguise? Yes. The well, whole I can ask him about possibly other, you know, if they hired him, maybe they hired other people, or maybe they mentioned some other way they're tracking us. How did he know what to look for? Was well, he looking for flaming bunnies on the side of an awesome cart? Mm-hmm. Okay, I probably do intimidation then. He's tied up. <laughs> right, he's tied up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to the ring in a moment. And you're going to roll intimidation? Yes, to, for questioning. And she's also, like, has her bow ready on him. So I don't know if that helps me or if she should do intimidation or what would be. I'm not generally tip. Very intimidating, but <laughs> I'm intimidating, which is hilarious. It's my raw magnetism. Well, you can manipulate people. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I am not so intimidating this time. Twelve. Well, he doesn't really have much of a recourse. So he says, "Oh, if I if I tell you everything I know, please, can you tell me what will become of me?" Yeah. But first it tells everything you know. <laughs> please tell me what, please tell me that you'll set me free. We have a really great track record with our prisoners. <clears throat> You're either making like a persuasion check for being honest or a deception check for lying. Mm. I've been honest. It's. <laughs> Are you being honest right now? We have a great track record with our previous prisoners. Okay, so he's he's wanting to answer the question of if you'll let him enough with your evasiveness. We'll help you any way we can. Stop beguiling me with uh, your vagueness. Please tell me plainly. Wilt thou spare me? I'll kill you if you don't. That sounds like intimidation. <laughs> okay, as I was like, because you were like, I was doing intimidation. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be ruling persuasion or not. I can only keep up this flowery language for so long, Candice. Like, help me out here. <laughs> 18. You must you must believe me that I, I don't know the name of the person who hired me, but I believe them to be a group of assassins that are in league with the Dragonborn. Like Thieves Killed? Ex-members? <laughs> what, what race was he? Well, I don't see the world through that lens. I knew this was happening. <laughs> but he wasn't Dragonborn. No, the person who paid me was not. But he had the look of a murderer about him. And how did you know how to find us and what we would look like? There's been a bounty on your heads for quite some time, and no one in the city knew where to find you, so I thought maybe you had already gone outside the city. So I've been watching the roads for more than a week. A mixture of luck and planning on my part. We're the only travelers that have gone by? No, but everyone knows that there's a bounty for for a, a gnome and... Two elves, a human ranger who is in the twilight years <laughs> of her life. It's... I give him a nice kick in the ribs. Oh, that. My favorite rib! <laughs> if I must be honest, I believe it to be the, the black-scaled dragonborn named Wrath that has hired me to seek you out. You must believe that I am, I am but a humble... Individual just trying to 
just trying to earn my coin in this world. I mean you no ill will. If you set me free, I can even perhaps send them in the wrong direction. I can be of use to you. I'm going to ask the wizards. Are they just kind of watching? They're just standing by, watching this all unfold? I'm going to ask them if any of them know any kind of, like, forgetting spell, if that's a thing. <laughs> Something that, like a mind... Like, you know, in Men in Black, the pen, and they just flash them and they forget where they are and they kind of give them a brief explanation. Something like that. Just where maybe he doesn't... Be serious, Matt. God damn it. <laughs> Something to, I don't know, to or scramble his so that he can't, that he doesn't remember finding us. Something. If not, that's fine. I'm just curious. They're like, yeah, no, that's not a spell. Okay. <laughs> just, I was just wondering. I'm not there's, a spellcaster. I don't know. There's modify memory. I don't know what level that is, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, that's a fifth level spell. There's no way they know that. I mean, he's just like a subcontractor. It's not like he is one of the dragonborn. He's on the wrong side. Exactly. I'm a subcontractor. Blame the system. Anyone would have. <laughs> I'm also just going to say that, like, if there's a bounty, he's going to find some way to cash in on it. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't exactly be supportive in just killing him. Yeah. Because if you could... please, like... Uh, I can I can pass this ring off on another traveler and then disappear into a small town and live out the rest of my days in humble anonymity. Uh, is he being truthful remotely? <laughs> well, you gotta have to roll an insight mm. check. Eleven. You're thinking that he's scared enough. Like, he doesn't seem like a killer. Yeah. In the meantime, while we're thinking about this, Gilly, you were going to ask the wizards about the ring. Mm -hmm. Can we get that kind of insight? Oh, yes. Sorry for missing that. Yeah. Uh, they cast Identify on the ring, and it is essentially like a, a beacon that um, somebody with um, like some kind of corresponding ring would always know the direction and the distance to this ring. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, we could send it like to the northeast or something, make them think that we're going looking for dragon bones up there, like away from the uh, city that we're headed to. Maybe we send this guy on a mission to go all the way north. Or we just put it on someone else on the, on the road, I suppose. Yeah, like I'm almost tempted to ba yeah, basically try and hijack him and send him away. Mm-hmm. In the opposite, maybe not the opposite direction as us, because that would be back to Pharaoh's point, but in a very different direction. We just can't trust that he's going to actually do that. Yeah. Um, or if we plant it ourselves, at least we're in control mm, of that. Mm. Yeah, I guess it, it, Gilly's not, like, too upset. It's just like, yeah, we're going to be tracked, we're going to be hunted, there's a bounty. Like, it, maybe it's that, like, he's used to living somewhat of a criminal life over the last few years that... It's like under, he's, I'm not insulted by it. It's just like, oh well, it, that makes sense. That's what that's what you would do. Like have the, a weird acceptance over the whole thing. I don't hold a grudge on him for like taking the job. He's a businessman of sorts. He's just bad at it. You know? <laughs> that's more offensive to Gilly. Yeah, it's like ugh. he just seems like an amateur. Kind of pity him. I'm gonna ask him: Has he already been paid, or does he get paid on delivery? So I was given a, a small amount of coin to to fund my my search but i would only get the full sum 
once the owners of this ring came to find it and you. And what are they paying you? It was a tidy sum of 600 gold. They were never going to pay you that. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, noobs. You really think they would have paid you? You would have just been murdered as soon as they got what they wanted. Damn my eyes. Yeah, that's why you don't work outside of the guild. I mean, without union protection, it's just foolish. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to speak like openly to the group, even though he's sitting right there. Here's my thought. Basically, offer him some money to take the ring away. Take it far. And if we see him again, we'll kill him. On sight. I would say that I'd rather not take the chance. He's, you know, we're trying to restore justice to the city and he's on the wrong side of this. And we have no reason to necessarily trust him. Yeah, but that's what we said about Lilith. She ended up being pretty helpful. She wasn't inherently bad, right? I don't know. Yeah, part of living in Pharaoh's Point was that you know, people of many different types can get along. I don't want to be <clears throat> the one to sentence this guy to death for what he's done. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Vanna? You have two who are for, or at least not in favor of killing him. Does Vanna want to act unilaterally, or does she respect the will of the group more than her own misgivings? No, I think I'll, I would respect what the group wants. I don't, yeah. Grudgingly? Yeah, begrudgingly. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but yeah. Say that I'm skeptical about him. I don't I don't trust him, and I don't think this is a good idea, but if this is what you all want, I'll respect it. Was there a way that we could do something to try and limit his ability to do anything else to screw us over? Well, you did say that they're probably going to kill him anyways when he came back, so I would hope that that thought alone will, like, will spare your life. And uh, you understand that if you show your face around them again, they're going to kill you either way. Well, yeah, so. they would have killed him if he was successful. And now that he's a mm-hmm. failure and he's told us about his hiring, and it's pretty guaranteed that he wouldn't make that out alive. Even if you could try and give them information about who we were or what we were doing, the very little he had. They already know they, that. But they wouldn't, I'm saying they wouldn't yeah. be able to. They don't know where it is, but he's the one that thought to come out here. Sure, if he could give a bit of our location. But, but that's they are, they'll still kill him, so just sort of imparting that on him. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to die either way, there's no point in we going can, back. We could also intimidate and say, we still have connections in the city, and we're going to, at this point now, if you go back to Pharaoh's Point, they're going to be looking oh, for you be, too. That's true, because it's not even we a do. bluff. No. You could just say, hey, keep your eye out if he returns to the city. Yeah. So you say, now, now you've got them... They're going to be looking for you, and our people are going to be looking for you, too. So if you go back to Pharaoh's Point, you're dead. If we see you again, you're dead, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So we let him live, but we warn him that he's basically has our own personal bounty mark on him. Yeah. He says, oh, with your with your mercy, I'll I'll vanish into this the smallest village in the in the remotest corner of this of this land. And no one will know the name of Redlam Feynman. This gives me the perfect opportunity to change my name. (laughs) Redman has a good ring to it. (laughs) I would recommend maybe trying to get rid of that ring somewhere far away and then parting with it because if they come looking for you, 
No, I think we should still organize our own way to slip it on to like another carriage or something, and okay, and not send, let him know anything. Send it about off it. On it. Yeah, I, I think see. he's just done. Okay, so you cut him loose, and he strikes out into the darkness, screaming, "Thank you!" <laughs> Spruce is going to commend Vanna on her uh, restraint. Uh, restraint, yes. Should have cut his tongue out. Just saying. No, that's a bad next, one. There's always the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he still would have lived. Is that still bad? Are we good bad? Uh, I thought I had this. I thought I understood how this worked. <laughs> He's a bard. You'd be taking his livelihood away. He wasn't a very good one. Well, he'd be even worse. <laughs> but would he? A mute bard? Uh, how does it even work? It's a niche market. A school of mime. Hey, did you keep his guitar? <laughs> no, I gave it back to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> School of Mime. That would be a great bard subclass. Especially, yeah, it would be interesting if they're like, you know, they mime in a box and then they're actually in a box. Like it's, that's how their magic works. (laughs) Whatever they mime becomes. Rope trick. Yeah. They're like mime pulling out a sword and then they slash at someone they actually get cut. Yeah. What? I love it. I Damn, like the box is like a shield. Yeah. Yeah. The box is a shield. Like he goes to fight you, just like actually can't fucking touch this. <laughs> they actually climb up a rope. Yeah, climb. Just start climbing and just go up. Yeah, and actually goes right up the wall. <laughs> the hell? Invisible lasso actually dragged the person towards them. <laughs> okay, um, Candace, can you roll a d twelve? Warning of day seven. Four. It's another regular day. We just look at each other and I'm like, guys, we have lucked out on the weather on this trip. The morning passes without event. In the afternoon, you are traveling and you come across a bear on the road, sniffing for food and it eyes you and your dog, unnamed dog, pokes its head up and starts growling and it growls at you. Bear! I'll have a bear. You guys will have a dog. <laughs> I'll have a bear. <laughs> you looking up your you try ring? Tame it. Oh, you have yeah. a... Right, yes. I'm going to tell dog to stay. Stay dog. Stay in the cart. I like I mean, animal handling check. Yeah, his just name. It's dog. like boy and girl from... Bird box? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 21. All right. Dog stays. Nice. Good boy. Give him some pets. Um. Yeah, can I use my ring to... Try and scare it away. Okay. It's not afraid. Just have to say, if that bear ran away as I was walking up to it, that would probably have been horribly crushed. (laughs) crushed No, the other way, because it was running away from us out of fear. It would just demoralize Faye even more. That's what I'm saying. Uh, It crushed you, like, (laughs) emotionally. No, no, emotionally crushed you. (laughs) Fuck it, I'm going to try it again. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Still not afraid. Oh, boy. It's a brave bear. Real brave bear. How are our horses doing? Are they freaking out? They're whinnying and stepping nervously. Uh A little bit of poop. I'm going to ask the wizards if they, uh... You guys know anything that'll help with this guy? Hey, you guys know this bear? (laughs) 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 Friend of yours? (laughs) (laughs) Is someone going to fire something at it? Or do something? I'm not worried about a bear. Yeah, You're not worried about a bear? Absolutely not. I'd slaughter a bear. 
<laughs> I'd fight it one on one if you want. Do it, <laughs> kill each other. Like, just like hey, hey, I strip down, you know, to just my shorts. You know, flexing my surprisingly roped <laughs> muscles. I like the idea that Gilly's just like got up and ran yeah. up into the front. He's just talking shit to the I take bear. Take my weapons <laughs> off and stuff, and I'm just stretching. Oh, good bear fight! <laughs> uh, it's like Gilly's one fighting weakness. Like he has to fight all bears. He loves it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good challenge. Can't yeah. pass up a bear without fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a bear fight. <laughs> okay, what's actually happening? Is this actually right? happening? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I joke at first, but if people, yeah, I'll fight a bear. Myself. I think that would be hilarious. I'll keep one dagger in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bear. Faye is currently listing off the reasons having a pet bear would be cooler than having a pet dog to spruce. Because I'm trying to show him up. And in the background, there's this no fighting a bear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see him, like, tossing me in the air. Have fun! <laughs> I like the idea that Gilly's just kind of starting to lose it as he spends more time above ground, just out in daylight, just starting to go slightly insane. <laughs> thinks he's so much big. He thinks he's still got that enlarged spell cast on him. <laughs> Santa doesn't think this is a good idea, but I'm just too entertained to see what'll happen. Watch this. Okay, wait. What did the wizards say when I asked if they know anything that might help? Like any animal De- handling spells? Yeah. Oh, Devin says, oh. And no, I know fireball. <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't fireball the poor bear. I mean, if everyone looks scared, Gildadop will step up to this bear. All right, let's 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 do this. All oh, right. my God. Initiative. Six for my <laughs> initiative. <laughs> the bear's going first. The bear's going to charge at you and make a bite and a claw. All right. Oh, God. All right. As we see this happening, are we all, are the rest of us able to, like, jump into initiative after the first two turns? No, I'm like, I've got this. Like, I didn't... What's your AC? Uh, 15. I wouldn't say no to, like, a a friendly little buff or something. If Mm -hmm. someone wants to say some encouraging words, but... It bites and claws you, and you take 19 points of damage. Oh, my God. I'll use the uncanny dodge. So that's then 9 points, right? Or 10? Uh, half the damage. You can... Round up? Half the... Well... It's round up or down? I don't know. It doesn't say... Let's go up. Okay. So <laughs> Ten points. Ten points? Yeah, I'm going to use my dagger ability and do a booming blade attack. So I'm trying to apply poison to this bear. Uh, 17 to hit? Yeah. So it takes seven damage. It has the booming blade stat on it so that if it moves it will take more damage. And it needs to make a DC 15 constitution saving throw. Uh, It actually fails the saving throw. Okay. It will take 2d10 damage plus poison. 11 damage. And then I will disengage and move backwards from the bear. But like... Still not retreating, more like taking a step back and kind of circling around it so that it has to move if it wants to come at me again. All right. So it definitely will move and come at you again. So what does it take when it moves? Uh, It takes D8 thunder damage. It takes six damage. And and then, yeah, so it charges at you. The thunder goes off. I'm just going to see because it's taken quite a lot of damage. It's taken 24 points of damage already. Jeez. See if it wants to get out of here. Oh, yeah. Do I have to make an intimidation check? 
And that's, it's too hungry. Apparently it's going to. This thing's rabid. It's nice. on, it's on new life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It hits you with both a bite and a claw again, this time for 13 points of damage. So we'll round that down to seven. All right. So yeah, are the rest of us able to jump in here now? Is that what you guys want? Yeah, I'm, I'm still, yeah, I'm was, still yeah. saying to wait. Oh, like, yeah, I don't want no. Gilladov's smiling, you know. Okay, Witness me. Yeah, I'm gonna say that like at first when you were talking about it, Spruce kind of like chuckled, thinking that you were joking, and then when you like flew past him out of the yeah. out of the carriage, he like would well, have jumped you just up saw and me gone do a whole now. bunch of damage too, and yeah. I don't seem to be phased by its attacks surprisingly. So uh, I'm going to say, like, I'm Spruce is standing off to the side because you said not to come in, but I'll like, stand there ready. Anyways. So you're ready to action. Yeah, I like, see that. Ready. You know, I yeah. give you a wink. Maybe ready my, my longbow. <laughs> Am I able to communicate it with it through primeval awareness? It says you have an innate ability to cu- communicate with beasts as they recognize you as a kindred spirit. I, I want to try to tell it to just go away. <laughs> Just to leave, to be my friend. Um, you can make an animal handling check. Sixteen. Sixteen is enough, and it uh, it's enough to get its attention and make it basically quit the fight. So it's going to turn to run. Is is Gildob going to slash mm. as it as it goes, or? I guess I didn't know like that you caused it or anything. So yeah, if it flinches in battle, I I take my advantage for sure. <laughs> That's a 12 to hit. Surprisingly, 12 is enough. Oh. oh I guess it's not that hard to hit a big lumbering <laughs> yeah. bear. Because this is just my reaction to it, so I don't think I get to add anything. So eight damage. Two hit points away from death, the bear exits combat. I chuckle and laugh, and I turn to girls. Oh, that was exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> Spruce is just, like, stunned. Just... Stunned and very impressed. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like polite, like golf clap. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, and that was the afternoon of day seven. Um, do long rest so that you can regain your your hit points. <laughs> mend your mend your wounds. Jeez. The eighth day, it is raining again. Your travel is very slow, and you do come across other some other travelers no one who really stops to ask you or like anything or interact with you but you do have the opportunity to pass off the ring on the eighth day if you choose yeah i'd say um i wouldn't want to put it in a cart that looks like it's going directly back to pharaoh's point Mm -hmm. but as long as they were on a road eating either heading north or like east then I'd plant it on someone heading in that direction. Sure. You come across a crossroads and a wagon heading east perpendicular to your route, and you stash it onto their wagon. Mm-hmm. With those poor bastards being none the wiser. Yep. I'd also like to spend time to um, summon uh, my familiar as an owl. And then while we're traveling, I can surprise I didn't think of this before, but have it out observing as a lookout while I'm in the cart. Can you roll, can the owl roll a perception check with advantage as it's flying around? Mm-hmm. I rolled a 16 and a, whatever it gets as bonus. Perception plus three. So in the afternoon, the owl, 
you happen to be looking through the owl's eyes and you notice a a separate road that is like very hard to actually see from the way that you guys are traveling but it notices it's like an this unused road but as you sort of have the owl's eyes looking through it you can tell this is a shortcut so it's actually going to reduce your delays by a little bit Ooh, for having found a shortcut nice Woo-hoo. good job owl hoot hoot and in the late afternoon on the eighth day in the horizon you see the walled city of Bullbrook with the mountains coming up in the horizon behind it. We're just going to keep talking until I find 15 seconds of pure gold. <laughs> just try not to cuss. Luke, this feels... Well, he, there it is. He said it. We should probably say that we're the rules lawyers at some point, too, right? You are passing through a what lane of talk. I'll start again. <laughs> Do you have your character sheet home? <laughs> what? Do you not? Uh, it's 11. But, but, okay, but, but my question, though. Do you have your character sheet? Oh. Where's, where is it? At home. I forgot that it was not in my halfway uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> He's not doing a Guy Fieri presentation. He's trying to make a co- donkey song. <laughs> Wait for the commotion to escape. Huh? What? What's huh? Who said that? Bill? No, it wasn't me. It's Bill Nye. <laughs> Bill Nye, was it you? It wasn't me. It's my Bill Nye voice. Oh boy! Oh boy! Here comes the aneurysm. <laughs> I think I got 15 seconds in there. 